Welcome to a bad neighborhood. My name is M. They them. This is Karen. She her. Hi. I ran out of breath there real quick. You did. Yeah. <laughs> Today we are excited to present hoaxes. We did a lot of research for this topic, and it was a lot of fun research on my part. Uh, I had fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Usually, like you know, I'm, I'm I like research. It's just I have a hard time like really focusing on it and like committing myself to doing it. But sometimes the topic is really good, and then you just kind of get sucked down like a million different rabbit holes. Yeah, you kind of get lost in the sauce. And well, for the pat the the past two that I I went and did. I just took up the whole two weeks reading nonstop articles about clowns, articles about Slenderman, then sitting and then you watch maybe Marble Hornets for nine hours, if you can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allowed to watch videos at work anymore. <laughs> not that I did in the first place. Nope, you, you never did. That never <laughs> happened. Never, not once. So both me and Karen are presenting today. It's a little bit of a different format. Not that we really had one in the first place. Yeah, we kind of did. I mean, you know, we, we'll go back to normal. But um, yeah, I I did an introductory introductory research. If you if you like, ooh, regal um, me. So basically, I I wanted to look into like the history of hoaxes and kind of this the background of hoaxes. Uh, not a lot of people understand kind of the difference between a hoax and a, like, uh... Straight up lie? Prank? Pr yeah, prank. Okay. So, like, people think that... Some people might get confused about, like, the terminology, I guess. But let me tell you about the etymology. Hoax. Hoax. Well, it comes from the... The word hoax comes kind of from hocus pocus a little bit. Why? Por qué? Uh, it's just kind of derived from it. Like, no one really gave me an explanation. Oh, it was so just, somebody was like, oh, well, you're really like throwing hoax. around the hoax. Yeah. The what now? The hocus pocus. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> the uh, The best way to describe it was by... Jean Harold Brunvend is not an etymologist. He's he's a folklorist. Ah. So he kind of he states that although there are instances where they overlap, hoaxes tend to indicate relatively complex and large-scale fabrications and include deceptions that go beyond the merely playful and they cause material loss or harm to the victim. There's like kind of a blurred line between hoax and a fraud and they got into how the difference is the public perception of what happened okay so um fraud is something that's technically more it's usually more involved with currency and things with money very offshore accounts yeah leverage yeah, leverage. <laughs> like, so, honestly, a lot of what they do would be considered hoaxes because they do a lot of like prep work and a lot of like uh, smoke and mirrors kind of stuff. But fraud is definitely more, uh, I would say, clerical. Okay. 
So fraud is hoaxes, but with bureaucracy involved. Exactly. And a hoax is a con on a public and large scale. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's not a prank because it is malicious in intent and it's meant to harm or cause material loss to the victims. There is Alex Bose, who is the creator Museum of Hoaxes. Of the Museum of Hoaxes. Oh, we went to the same place. <laughs> <laughs> the Hoaxes Wikipedia page. <laughs> I went to the Museum of Hoaxes. Oh, you did? Yes, ma'am. Oh, well, good, good. He's got some fantastic and really well-researched articles. I really love reading them. Yeah, he, he seems to know what's up because, um, yeah, he states that the only distinction between a hoax and fraud is because fraud can be classified as a hoax when its method of acquiring financial gain creates a broad public impact or captures the imagination of the masses. So so hoax is fraud with charisma. Yeah, in, in a different sort of sense. It's like their intelligence score is also really high. Oh, yeah, yeah, you gotta have that. And like hoaxes, it's like more roguish and... I guess it's just kind of different. It's a little shifty. Whereas fraud is like, fraud I feel like is white collar. Yeah, I see it. Okay. Yeah. Like a lot of, a lot of, there are a lot of fraudulent things that happen within business and with politics and all that. Whereas hoaxes, it's like more often trying to fool the everyman. Gotcha. So that's what I see as the, uh, the different between a hoax and a fraud talking about hoaxes here's where we are so who's gonna go first well since you give us gave that host since you gave us that very lovely introduction i want to tell you about the fiji mermaid yay <laughs> tell me all about them <laughs> so the fiji mermaid emerged in 1842 y'all heard of pt barnum like Barnum Circus Man. He's the greatest showman, apparently. I heard that was a movie. It was. Was it the... It was Wolverine, who's yeah. P.T. Barnum? Yeah. I, I know nothing about the movie. I know nothing about Barnum Circus... Circuses? Ah. I know nothing. Oh. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a big uh, shyster, is the, is the thing. What does shyster mean? What's the definition of this? I... I don't know what a shyster specifically means. I could look it up real quick. Yeah, give me the Google of that. Mm. It's a slang word for someone who acts in a disreputable, unethical, or unscrupulous way, especially in the practice of law. Okay, pretend you didn't hear that, because this P.T. Barnum is completely and totally legit. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. 1842. Uh, he learns of a Dr. J. Griffin, and he's uh, a naturalist from the UK British Lyceum of Natural History. And he's got something interesting with him. And he's on his way back to London, but he stops in New York for just a little bit. And P.T. Barnum's like, can I see it? And then like, other people start hearing about it. Newspapers are like, can we see it? And the dude's like, I mean, I guess. 
And the news media comes in. And what do they see? A beautiful mermaid. Gorgeous. Lovely. Titties out to here. For mm. those that ha- who cannot see titties out to here, that is approximately a foot of titty. <laughs> wow. Very good looking lady. And it's a lady with a fishtail. Full on siren mermaid. She is beautiful. She is lovely. And Barnum wants it. He wants it. He wants to display it in his museum of curiosities. Alright? And Dr. J. Griffin's like, uh, nah. No, I don't think so. And meanwhile, the press is going on like, we saw a fucking mermaid. We gotta tell the world about this. And, you know, fortunately, you know, P.T. Barnum, he wanted to have the, all the, the, the fame to himself, but he can't get the mermaid. He happened to have stuff ready to go. Like, uh, plates. Wood prints of mm-hmm. the mermaid. All oh. good good and ready to go. And he's like, I can't use this, guys. Here you go. So you get newspapers. So people are talking about this mermaid. And eventually, all this pressure from everybody, and Dr. Griffin's like, alright, okay. You could see for one week only. Alright? <laughs> one week only. One week only. They brought the mermaid to the Masonic Hall, exhibited one week. Dr. Griffin uh, gave lectures and everything like this. And everybody was so taken by this mermaid. They loved it. And he was like, wow, guys. You know, it, it just goes to prove, like, we have sea dogs. Those are seals. We have sea lions. We have seals. It only makes sense that there's sea humans out there with my mermaid as proof. It was caught in the Fiji Islands. Did okay. you know? Um, was it alive? Or no. was it dead? No, no. They, how long do you expect a fish to stay dead? I, know. I mean, alive. I, I figured that they had like a tank. No, they don't have a tank. He's like walking around with this bitch, like in a box. Oh, okay. Yes. And so she's all like dried up. Uh, but yeah. she's beautiful. She's gorgeous. Oh. She's absolutely beautiful. Did I not tell you? Tits out to here. I believe you. I'm just like... Now it's 16 inches of titty, everybody. (laughs) Whole 16 inches of pure bosom. I'm just like... I just don't believe it. Well, excuse me. She had tits out to here. That is a full... 32 inch! That's a full 32 inches of pure titty. All now right. I believe you. Exactly. <laughs> the tits can't get any bigger. All 48 inches of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There was the uh, article talking about the exhibition coming up. Because Barnum is about to show it. Barnum? Yeah, he finally, he wore Dr. J. Griffin down, and he finally said, all right, I'm going to show it. I'm going to let you show it for one month. One month? One month, Barnum. That's all you get. The whole world can come see it in one month. Exactly. And the newspapers are like, oh, shit, now it's our turn to see the mermaid. 
Didn't they already see it? Didn't they already see it? What? I don't know. This grand, interesting, and very cheap exhibition at Masonic Hall embracing the most wonderful curiosity in the world, the mermaid, and an or- ornitho- or- ornithorinous <laughs> orang-otang, and with fancy glass blowing by a most excellent artiste, together with a unique and astonishing entertainment on the stage at 7 o'clock p.m. consisting of Sir Ver- Signor Veronia's inimitable mechanical figures representing human life and vert- ventriloquism in magic by Mr. Wyman, who is scarcely equal in the world in his line, will continue from the above place until Tuesday evening, only doors open from 9 o'clock a.m. until 9 p.m. Admission to the whole, only 50 cents. Children under 12, half price. Was that all one sentence? Because I kept waiting for you to take a breath at the comma or at the period. Most of it was one sentence. What? The, the period The period was after uh, scarce and equal in the world in his line. Like, I know that... I know that old writing is like that, but also, why is old writing like that? I fucking love the, the, the colon... The semicolon. The semicolon. They use they use it liberally. <sighs> the orang otan. Good. Anywho, people started coming in. They want to know what this mermaid looks like. Do you want to describe for me what you think this mermaid looks like? Well, she's got sixty four inch bosom. Ah. Uh, um, fishtail. Um, I already know what it really looks like. So it's not fair, but <laughs> I uh, you know, I imagine. Um, gosh. Um, King Triton with that much titty, so. Oh, absolutely. Um, in P.T. Barnum's own words, the mermaid is an ugly, dried-up, black-looking, diminutive specimen about three feet long. Its mouth was open, its tail turned over, and its arms thrown up, giving it the appearance of having died in great agony. Yeah, that sounds like what I know is the mermaid. Yeah, and then uh, ooh, a correspondent from the Charleston Courier. Of one illusion, the sight of the wonder has forever robbed us. We shall never again discourse, even in posy, of a mermaid beauty, nor woo a mermaid even in our dreams. For the Fiji lady is the very incarnation of ugliness. Wow. Oh, that's harsh. Oh, yeah, she's, she's uh, she still has titties there somehow. Do you have a picture? I do. Pictures will be provided for those who are listening. But uh, it is exactly as described. It is this horrifying half-ape, half-fish thing. It does, in fact, have titties. But we're talking about titties maybe only out to here, and that's like maybe half an inch. Well, it's more like... They're flattened because they're saggy. They're more like fins, I would No, say. those are tits. Where? Right there. Oh. Yeah. Oh, she's 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 got titties like the harpy in the last unicorn. Yeah, well, I mean, there's fins and then there's tits. Yeah, that's. Um, hmm. some people believe that the uh, original Fiji mermaid is half orangutan and half a really big fucking fish. She just looks like a. She looks. I mean, I guess based on the skull structure, I don't even know. Either an orangutan or a chimpanzee. I, w- I would guess the one with the the boobs that are more liable to just... Huh. I mean, how big is it? It's like three feet. I don't think an orangutan is 
I think a chimpanzee is more likely to be attached to that fish than an orangutan. Orangutans are big. Whatever the case, the original Fiji mermaid, well, you know, we'll get to that. Mm. (laughs) So, as people may have guessed, P.T. Barnum was like, I can make this a hit. (laughs) I can do this. You know, he got he got the mermaid on loan from his buddy Moses Kimball. Wait, he, but he got it from the doctor. We're getting to that, dude. <laughs> so he he now has it on loan from his friend as opposed to on loan from the doctor. Yes, indeed. Okay. <laughs> yeah, for about twelve dollars a day, I believe he he had it on loan from Moses Kimball. So. <laughs> Whoever the fuck that is. I'll get to that. <laughs> we could find the very beginning of the original Fiji mermaid. See, apparently, there were a whole bunch of fishermen, Japanese fishermen in particular, who just liked making chimeric taxidermy. That is, sewing together different animals to get something new. Ah, You see it a lot today in modern art. Actually, yeah, I've seen some very neat pieces we... and also some very horrifying pieces. Yeah, some some pieces that I would rather never think about ever again in my entire lifetime, but yet they haunt me in my dreams and nightmares. They chase me at night. Karen, I close my eyes <laughs> and I see them looking back at me. You'll never be free. I will never be free. And I feel like this would be the case for the Fiji mermaid. Anyhow, nobody seems to agree why they did this. Why did they sew the top half of a monkey onto the lower half of a fish? Nobody knows. Because they could. Well, some people say yes, because they could. They just do it for shits and giggles. But other people say it's for an unnamed religious ceremony. Oh, no. Yes. No. Yes. I, I I literally, I sat there going through just like, chimeric taxidermy. Religion? Sewing monkey to fish. Religion? <laughs> Religion. Monkey fish. I would, I would personally buy that P.T. Barnum himself went to Japan and asked somebody to do it over it being a religious practice. Yes. He did not do that. Though. He did not do that. But it was I, just like no. He was opportunistic. He wasn't. Yeah. He he wouldn't go out of his way. No. 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 See, like the they just had this around, and you know some Dutch were were like, "Holy shit! What the fuck is that?" And the Japanese fishermen were like, "You want it?" <laughs> so the Dutch uh, sailors bought the Fiji mermaid from these. Also unnamed Japanese sailors. And, you know, they had it for a while. They sailed the seven seas. And then they met an American sea captain named Samuel Baird Eads. Who saw it and went, I gotta have it. (laughs) This is gonna make me so much money. I'm gonna be fucking rich. Oh. Captain Eads. They said, you want it? Yes! And they said, well, we want $6,000. And don't forget that this is, this is before 1812. 
Oh, wow. Or 1842, my mistake. Oh, okay. I was like, this this is, this is old money. This is before 1842. So do you want to know how much $6,000 is in today's money? $50,000. More. $75,000. More. $200,000. Okay, Overshot it just okay. a little bit. It is a hundred and forty thousand dollars. One hundred and forty thousand dollars. No, one hundred and forty thousand and one dollars and fifty four cents. That's amazing. This is calculated, by the way, as of yesterday. I kept it super up to date, y'all. And the guy was like, I gotta have this fucking thing. It's a mermaid. It's so fucking real, man. He, he thought it was real, yes. And you know oh, how no. he got he, how he was able to afford this? Did he sell his boat? He sold his boat. <laughs> he sold his boat. What? Oh my god, that's amazing. And by the way, he sold it while he was down in fucking Cape Town. Oh, no! How else he could get back? You know, he got back through the money he made off the fucking Fiji mermaid. <gasps> Seriously? Yeah, so he exhibited it in Cape Town. And they're like, oh, Whoa, that's a mermaid. That's cool. And he's like, give me a nickel. And they're like, fuck yeah! Right? So he, he's able to whoosh, bring it home. And he keeps trying to uh, to show it. He brings it to a little cafe, right? And then he's like, "I don't want that near my food." I don't know. Maybe maybe cafes were different in eighteen forty two. I guess I don't. Know. I don't even know why they were showing a fucking mermaid <laughs> that looked like her titty <laughs> out to negative. He's like, "I've got, I've got, I've got a mermaid." I've and they're like, "Mermaid? Uh, is that like?" Locally sourced? No, it's from Cape Town. Okay, I guess we could, like, show it or whatever. <laughs> Are we in Portland now? Did he go all the way to Portland? He went all the way to- I mean, he's in a cafe where they're going to show a mermaid. Like, what, what other cafe would do that? <laughs> you know, good point. <laughs> so, this dude believed so much in this mermaid that he started inviting naturalists to come and see it <laughs> and examine it. And <laughs> they're like, oh, this is real. No. This is amazing. No, but but other guys were like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's taxidermy. This sure doesn't look like a real thing, buddy. This is Clearly, two halves of two different holes. Like, like, you know how, like, you have a top half and a lower half? Well, imagine you have your top half and you sewed it onto something else. Well, that's what happened here, hon. And he's just like, nah, it's the mermaid. Yeah, he's like, I didn't have people tell me it was real. You know what? Even, Even this guy, this real, real famous guy, his name is... Is it Dr. G.? No. Oh. Not I was, yet. I was prepared for the connection. No, we're not there yet. We're not oh, there God. yet. Uh, he was like, Sir Everhard Home. I don't know who that is. I don't care right now. But he's like, 
Even he thinks it's real. And Sir Everhard Home went, Excuse me? <laughs> you said that I think that's real? That is clearly taxidermy. The fuck are you doing? Um, so this, this legit, this pissed off Sir Home. Like, it, it should tell you, <gasps> Sir Home. He's a, he's a fucking, he's fucking knighted. It's 1842. That mattered a lot more then. That mattered a lot more then. Yeah. <laughs> so he started writing papers. And he's like blasting the fucking Fiji mermaid. And people are like, oh, it's fake. Oh. Mm. And they, so like it slowed down. It slowed down enough so that I was like, okay, well. And then a certain party found out. What was that the boat was paid and sold as part of the transaction to acquire the Fiji mermaid? And it turns out that uh, Mr. Eads did a little bit of embezzlement. <gasps> he did not completely own the boat. Oh no. So, oh, Mr. Eads, you're deep, deep doo doo now. Yeah. <laughs> He he really was though, like not even joking. So um, it went to court, and they're like, "You gotta work to pay off this debt. That wasn't your boat to be selling off like that for for this oh, thing thing." <laughs> um, so the court's like, "Yeah, get to fucking work." And you know what happened? Eads worked. Until he died. Oh. 20 years. Jeez. And he left his son the wonderful inheritance of one Fiji mermaid. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> That's it. That was, that was the, it? That was the whole inheritance. You know what Eads' son said? Fuck no. <laughs> he sold it for real money to a certain Moses Kimball. <gasps> There's the connection, guys. There's the connection, we guys. And voila, Barnum's like, that's neat. Uh, it sounds like it's getting pretty bad press overseas, so why don't you bring it across the pond? And uh, you remember Dr. J. Griffin? Yes. That's not his fucking name. That was a completely different guy. Like <laughs> P.T. Barnum hired a man named Levi Lyman. To play. Levi Lyman? Yes! His name is Lyman. Yes! <laughs> it's his profession. Yes! <laughs> this dude, they had him go out and give lectures. Oh, and he funny. stood up in front of people and was like, you know, we have a sea lions. <laughs> This is my British accent, by the way. You know how we have sea dogs, and we have sea dags, and we got sea hawks? It only makes sense. It only makes sense that there be sea humans. And I got proof right here. Look behind the curtain. Ain't she beautiful? Oh, Mr. Lyman. And... The Fiji mermaid got her tail in the door. <laughs> wow. And then P.T. Barnum's like, this is doing pretty good. There's a whole lot of shit going on. And then uh, he was like, I'm going to take the Fiji mermaid 
I'm going to give it to my uncle and have him put her on tour. She's going across the southern U.S. Except when she got to Charleston, it wasn't to a whole lot of good news. Actually, it was like bad news because there was two newspapers who were fighting each other about it. Oh! Yes! So one side was like, this is 100% real. That's a real mermaid. And the other one was like, are you fucking kidding me? No, it's not real, man. Oh, man. That's awesome. <laughs> so they they very quietly and very secretly brought the Fiji mermaid back to New York. And so after that, you know, they cycled in her in and out between uh, exhibition and then the like, P.T. Barnum and Moses Kimball just kind of back and forth, back and forth with her for a while. And then... <laughs> She was believed to have been lost. <gasps> yes, because the Barnum Museum was burned down in 1865. <laughs> Sorry, I'm imagining, I'm imagining Wolverine going around putting posters on telephone poles. <laughs> have you seen this mermaid? <laughs> And it's got a grotesque and awful, hideous face. Eighteen sixty-five, the Barnum Museum burns down. Oh, the Fiji mermaid is lost forever. <gasps> Except, according to records, she was supposed to be in the Kimball Museum at this time. Oh, but then, about twenty years later, she's still lost. But. We think that she's she might be in the Kimball Museum. <gasps> Kimball Museum burns down in the 1880s. Oh no! <gasps> but it survived. <gasps> oh! <laughs> I was so worried for her. <laughs> it was donated to the to Harvard's Peabody Museum. It was donated. Yes. For how much? It's donated. Karen, by who? I don't even remember. Inheritors of it. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. And you know what she looks like? Not the original. She looks completely and utterly fucking different from the original. Um, and I'm talking like, oh, that's why they they have two different pictures of them. Yes. And in fact, uh, if you try to look for the Fiji mermaid, you'll see a variety of things saying, it's the original Fiji mermaid from the Barnum Museum. It's on loan. No, it's not. But exact, except it is, they're all real. They're all real, guys. Wow. Oh, that is insane. I knew that there were, like, two different mermaids, but I didn't know, like, what the link was. So n now, like, that makes so much more sense. Yes, it's just one on top of the it's other, on one... top of the other, top of the other. People, people will still go to see it, because now it's, like, famous for just being, being a like hoax. that. Exactly. That's amazing. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it was so fucking fun. Because you're sitting there like, this cannot get any weirder. <gasps> Except it can. It keeps getting weirder. It survived. No, it didn't. Yes, it did. No, it didn't. Yes, it did. And here it is at Harvard. <laughs> and on the Harvard website, they don't have anything listing it as as like not the real original one. Uh -huh. But they, they describe... Uh, the whole story with a lot of quotation marks. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Like, I'm talking, you get on there and you're like, half the paragraph is like, 
uh, this Fiji mermaid. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, unquote. Fiji mermaid. It was quote unquote caught quote unquote in the Fiji Islands. Oh, I love it. I just, it's so insane. It's so fucking funny. I'm taking a sparkling water break because it's Karen's turn to present. (laughs) Mine is nowhere near as fun. Like, That was, like, balls-to-the-walls fun. Like, that was insane. (laughs) That was a whole journey that you took me on. And I loved every second of it. Mine is is not quite, like, fun-fun. It's, like, weird, but it's not zany in any way. So let's get into my topic, ectoplasm, which, if you've listened for a while, you know that I talked about psychics and M mentioned ectoplasm at one point. I got very excited. Yeah, and I, I have, I had no idea what that was because I, I didn't know anything about the history of psychics or anything like that. I just knew the part about where Houdini hated psychics and he like went on a mission. We gotta talk about Houdini at some point. We do. Yeah. He, uh, he showed up quite a bit in here because all of the things related to ectoplasm also had to do with spirit photos, seances, uh, spirit photographs. Houdini was in it all. He was like, no, 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 no. He got in there. Yeah. He just went full in, got... Like, legit, he would go to places dressed in disguise with a journalist and or... A police officer. Oh my god. Are you serious? Yeah, all in disguise. He would go into seances. Did he, like, get people arrested over this? Um, I think, yeah, I think he did get one, at least one that I know of arrested. I forget her name, but yeah, she was, I don't know that she was committed, but, like, he outed hundreds, I want to say. I I don't know. He, He, like... One thing that I noticed, because I did go to his Wikipedia page, and I do, like, did a little digging on on him, and uh, actually his body, people, uh, his uh, family has been wanting his body exhumed. Did someone poison him? Did someone kill him? Was he murdered? Was he murdered by a psychic? That's what they think. Oh. That's what his family, they're pretty sure. And you know what? I've got some evidence that might back that up. What? Um, <laughs> I get into it in a little bit, but let's let's begin. Yes, <laughs> cover me in ectoplasm, dude. <laughs> All right. So, ectoplasm—the term was coined by Charles Richet, or Charles Richet, Charles Richet, who was a French physiologist at the Collège de France known for his pioneering work in immunology. However, he was often duped by psychics. (laughs) Yep. Sorry. (laughs) No, it's great because he was a huge douche. He believed in, uh, he believed in eugenics. So he was the worst. Oh, so he deserved it. Yeah. Well, he did like some research. He like helped the guy who, uh, spearheaded the work in asthma and anaphylaxis. So 
that guy was a big deal. He helped that guy. But other than that, he was a huge douchebag. Look, I'm sure that Hitler maybe opened the door for an old lady or two. I'm not about to Right, right. I mean, this guy, he won a Nobel Prize, but not a Peace Prize because he's a huge fucking douche. Um, specifically stated that he believed that black people were inferior scientifically. Porque and I'm like, the fuck? I'm like, how does that even make sense? But anyway... He he kept getting duped by he kept getting duped by psychics because he kept thinking that ectoplasm was real, and then people were like, "We've taken samples of this shit, bro. It's not real." And he's like, "No, but I went to this girl and she did blah 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 blah." And they're like, "Were you in a dark room?" And he's like, "Yeah, you have to be in a dark room because you know why? If." ectoplasm meets light it disappears and they're like who told you that and he's like the psychics duh (laughs) (laughs) and all the scientists are over here like (laughs) like, dude (laughs) and he's like i don't know what you guys mean this ectoplasm stuff seems pretty real and and they're just like, all right, <laughs> all right, Risha. But he invented, he, he came up with the word ectoplasm, which is just the, uh, ecto is outside. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, plasma is like to solidify and something outside. So it's like supernatural forces manifesting into matter. Yes. Is the idea. Ghost goo. Ghost goo. The, um, if anyone doesn't know exactly what ectoplasm is, like, for the believers, for the believers in ectoplasm, it is a substance that seeps from either the eyes or the mouth or the ears, basically comes out of the human body in some form of liquid or viscous material, and then, uh, but is not necessarily, like, part of the person's body it's it's manifested from the ghost so here's my anecdote that's completely unsighted and based on something i read years ago when I, when i was nothing but a wee bear some people <laughs> excreted it out of their pussy <laughs> yes that's a thing um they uh they discussed uh, I, I didn't look into it because I definitely think I want to do this in another episode, but there there is a thing where uh, a lot of people would debunk um, psychic sex. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen such a flat line on our fucking recording <laughs> until just now. I don't think I don't think there's been a, a, a moment that has has made me shut up for two seconds like that. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, um, all right. So I've talked about the ectoplasm. It cannot occur in light conditions <laughs> as the ectoplasmic substance would substance would disintegrate. I mean, sure. Yeah. Here's the thing, folks. There is a way to approach the paranormal from a scientific perspective. You just have to be able to put the ghost in a box. <laughs> you, you have to be able to look at it from both sides because there's a flat box um but there there was a society specifically formed 
to combat the psychic surge during the uh, the late 18, early 1900s. And they were a society that formed, but the they've actually met a lot of criticism, not just from psychics, but also from skeptics. They go into the experience without any sort of scientific method necessarily is what uh-huh. is what people argued in the beginning i don't know how they work now but in the beginning skeptics would say like you're going into this like full-heartedly saying that it's not going to happen and you're not keeping an open mind which is an important thing in the field of science because we don't know but the thing is is that if you go in so full-heartedly to and committing to one side you're you're not open in, open to what could be, mm-hmm. which is important, but also uh, it's it's complicated as far as scientific approach is concerned. So they received a lot of critis- criticism, but they're actually still ongoing today. And there's a bunch of branches all throughout the all throughout the globe. Ooh, just like the clowns. Yeah, just like the clowns. <laughs> um. Okay. So that being said, about Uh, ectoplasm and the possibility of ectoplasm the physical existence of ectoplasm has not been scientifically demonstrated and tested samples purported to be ectoplasm have been found to be various non-paranormal substances now this quote comes directly from m lamar keen let me tell you about m lamar keen oh this guy was a psychic medium uh he he did it all he (laughs) here it is he wrote a book outing all of the different ways in which psychics dupe their victims Uh uh-huh and it was called the psychic mafia whoa let me read you a little snippet about his book Keen exposes the secrets of the seance room, including ghostly apparitions, floating trumpets, spirit sex, and other tricks used by mediums to exploit believers. Originally published in 1976 and long out of print, this classic work is a fast-paced autobiographical account of a confessed charlatan who was one, who was one of the first mediums to admit his deception. Okay, so he was a psychic, and then he was like, oh, I can make money off of not being one. Kinda, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that he made a whole lot of money off of this book, because he just confessed to it, and he wrote that book. And then after after he published the book, there were telephone calls threatening his life one night while walking across his front lawn in Tampa, Florida. Gotta say, he was from Florida. (laughs) Of course he was. Of course he was. Um, An unseen shooter fired at him and missed. What? He later dug the rifle bullet out of the wall of his house. Oh my god. So people were willing to kill? Yes. And he left Tampa, changed his name, he uh, sold his business, Uh, And he started a new business where he moved. And as he was leaving his office, a car drove up and an assailant fired several shots, hitting Keen 
and severing his femoral artery, resulting in an an extended hospital stay. Well, he didn't die from that? He didn't die from that, no. He died later, like, um... Was he shot again? (laughs) No, no, no. He, He died of natural causes, I think, yeah. Oh, so he 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 lived he, to be old. Yes, and yeah. Not he did bleeding not from the femoral artery. No, no the the wound that the wound that he suffered did not kill him. Damn. I mean, good for him, but yeah, yeah. But it's like insane. So that's why I'm like kind of in the house of like maybe somebody psychics. fucking went and killed Houdini. Like, like, look at that shit. And this guy's in Florida. Yeah, this is just like one guy. Like, and he like wrote a little book. He's like, yeah, I used to be a psychic. Uh, we we uh, used some smoking mirrors and stuff. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, you know, he was in some other business or things like that, but I don't know. We also it kept is... drugs under the table. <laughs> it is Florida, so you just never know. A million grams of cocaine <laughs> and meth. I don't even know if it's been invented yet by then, but... <laughs> meth? In the 70s? Oh, this was the 70s? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's the tale of M. Lamarckine. He, uh... I definitely... Pavel, stop. You're interfering. He's like, I want whatever is in this box. Goodness gracious. He is all up in it. Okay. This this got really annoying because physiologist. Okay. Psychologists. Okay. And then there's psychicology. Psychicology. The yeah. study of psychics. Yes. Okay. In the early 20th century, the psychical researcher Albert von Schrenk-Notzing investigated the medium Eva Carrier and claimed her ectoplasm materializations were not from spirits, but but the ideoplasty, in which the medium could form images onto ectoplasm from her mind. Let me explain. Please. A ghost gives off ghost energy. Okay. The the medium herself cannot process the image necessarily, cannot process exactly what is Is she like a Polaroid camera? No, she can only produce images that she has seen herself. Okay. So when she emits the ectoplasm, what is seen is not necessarily what the ghost is trying to convey, but is what the medium can convey. So, for example, you are talking to someone in a foreign language and you have a translator and prime example, schadenfreude. Uh-huh. There is no English equivalent to this word. To this one word. To this one word. But there is an equivalent in which the translator knows how to explain that word to you. Okay. That is what the medium is in his theory. Okay. So, okay. Got you. For everyone at home, this is to explain why photographs or or like pictures of like things that we would see on magazines are what came out on the ectoplasm. So what would happen was ectoplasm would form 
and dribble out and then they would like investigate it a little bit and there would be like faces on this viscous material it's described as a viscous material by none other than sir arthur conan doyle Oh, if anyone knows how to work a word, I guess it's Mr. Doyle or Sir Doyle. And Mr. Me. Doyle is a fucking idiot. <laughs> this I'm is what I've to, learned. I'm going to get to I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> I didn't know that, that such a supposedly brilliant man could be so fucking stupid. He's also really mean. Like, I've read a lot of things where he's just really, really mean. Well, fuck him. Because he was always, he really hated Houdini. And Houdini was like, well, you're an idiot. And Sir Arthur Conan Doyle is like, well, you're you're just a squat, tiny little man. <gasps> and Houdini's like, fuck you! <laughs> Gets on his tiptoes. Um, oh. Houdini was great. Enemies to lovers. No, no, no. <laughs> Houdini loves his wife. I know, <laughs> I know. But, you know... Above all else, we know this to be true. <laughs> Houdini loved his wife. <laughs> um, so, for everyone at home, let me explain how this was done. Basically, it's an art project, if anyone wants to attempt it. Um, don't attempt the second half, because, ew. Um, the first half is you take, you either create the cheesecloth, or you use muslin, but you uh, print or transfer the images that you like onto the cheesecloth uh-huh. or the muslin so that it looks kind of ghostly. You can use pins or you can use um, some type of glue. Basically, whatever you, you think would help it to help the picture to stick to the material. Okay. And then you get the picture either to stay. Like, I think that you can use, like, a film, like, kind of, like, film transferring. Oh, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. I've done it before. Yeah. So it's like that. Um, and then you remove any of the pins, uh, remove the photos themselves, and then uh, what they would do is they would swallow it. Oh, no. And then while they were in the uh, seance, they would regurgitate the cloth. I bet I could do that. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it takes practice, but it can be done. And the cloth, it not only would come out of their mouths, it sometimes would come, they would find a way to get it out of their noses. It, look, these people committed, okay? I mean, they're the ones that made it up in the fucking first place, so it's just like, whoa! Like you have to go that far? It just seems like a really advanced art project that I just do not understand. But they made bukus of money off of it. And they fooled a lot of people. They got a lot of notoriety and, like, fame, fortune. Like, you know, there were some really famous psychics who, you know, were seen by a lot of important people. Like Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Mm-hmm. And people like him who believed them. So, um, one thing that was noted for, uh, Mr. Shrink Notzing, um, critics pointed out that the photographs of the ectoplasm, because the photography was a big deal then and becoming more and more widespread and people would take photographs of the ectoplasm 
Mm-hmm. Um, they revealed the marks of the magazine cutouts. So you know how you can see the marks? Oh. <laughs> the thing is, is that, and, and the thing that is unfortunate to the con is that these happen really well in the dark because people can't see. Mm-hmm. You can't, if it's really dark, you can't see what all is going on. But when you take a picture, you have to use the flash. And the flash captures every little bit. Oh, boy. So it would catch the magazine cutouts, the pins, and pieces of string. So Shrink Notzing admitted that on several occasions, Carrier deceptively smuggled pins into the seance room. Um, the magician Carlos Maria de Heredia replicated the ectoplasm of Carrier using a comb, gauze, and a handkerchief. And um, by the way, uh, de Heredia was also a Jesuit priest and friends with Houdini. Houdini the, actually cited him re- uh, multiple times because he was a magician. So they like would trade secrets and things like that. That is so fucking funny. Yeah. So like the the thing of it was that, you know, they were magicians and they had their secrets. So magicians versus hoaxers and like psychics and things like that is that they use the same techniques. It's just that one make is one takes advantage of people and the other you know they're like "Ooh, how did i do this how did i do that you gotta figure it out bitches yeah exactly so that that was always kind of houdini's big thing was that these people are taking advantage of other people's stupidity or Mm -hmm. their ignorance he never would have phrased it like stupidity he's like they just don't know any better because you know they didn't grow up doing this sort of thing now I've got to show you um, one of my favorites. It's a picture of Carrier taken from the back of the ectoplasm face to be made. Oh, wait. Yeah. Okay. A photograph of Carrier taken from the back of the ectoplasm face revealed it to be made from a magazine cutout of, and you can see the letters, Le Miro, which the two-dimensional face had been clipped from the French magazine Le Miroir. Miroir. Like the mirror. Gotcha. Um, I don't know that that's what that means, but... It sure sounds like it. It sure sounds like that. I don't know a lot of France. <laughs> so that that's one photograph that's really great. Photographs have also uh, helped with a lot of seances. Uh, there was one guy in uh, Canada. He ended up being a really big like debunker his name was thomas glendening hamilton and he got into psychics and seances after one of his sons died um he had twin boys and Uh one of them passed away so he got really into it because he wanted to reach out to his to his family so he first tried ouija boards and then he met a woman in the area of uh, Winnipeg. And it turns out Winnipeg had a big, like, ectoplasmic population. (laughs) Like, a lot of people were, like, psychics and mediums and all of that. And you know the really weird part that I found? 
A lot of them came from Scotland. Like, a lot. <laughs> wow. I don't know what that means, and I don't know why, but I'm sure there's, like, more... I mean, when I... you're poor and you're like, oh, I could do that. Yeah, like, uh... That, that's my only assumption. Yeah, I mean, if... <clears throat> if I could spend more time researching, I, I would, but basically, um, in the areas that he lived in Canada, he, he was a... He was a physician, so he was a doctor. Like he knew medical stuff. Uh-huh. I don't know that he was like a like a family doctor kind of guy, but he was a a medical pra- uh, practitioner. So when he talked to this uh, like psychic, she would have like the Ouija board, and then she would do this thing called table tipping, which was a lot like the Ouija board. It's like the table would oh, shift. So he- until you said the right letter and then it would stop. Uh-huh. So it was like a Ouija board, just a table. Yeah. Okay. So he he got involved in that. Then he decided that it needed more research. He's like, I want to bring science into this so that I can understand it. So he built he built a whole room for it and he uh, invited the psychics over, and he had cameras everywhere. Everywhere. Like, when you think of, like, when we're playing Phasmo, and we're like, okay, let's put a camera here, a camera here, a camera here, a camera here, to, like, <laughs> motion sensors, everything like that. Like, he did everything he could to, like, capture every single thing that happened. And so all of the, the psychics in Winnipeg had at one collective screen. <laughs> yeah, basically, because uh, when one of them came over, he uh, he would he had a clicker and he just took pictures every single second, like every for like everything that happened. Any tap on the table, click. Any like sound, click. Any like shift in the table, click. Like he he was on it. Like he has a whole archive. Like, his family kept his archive of photos, his notes, and everything to catalog everything that he'd done. So, this really great picture. It was a photograph taken by Hamilton of the medium Mary Marshall, revealing tissue paper and cut-out heads from newspapers. And I wanted to show you this one, because this one's really great. And it's coming out, so everyone at home, this is, it looks like tissue paper is just stuck inside of her nose, and she's just pulled it out, basically. Um, I think what happens is she's pushed it up all the way through the other side of her sinus. Oh, oh. And so that it comes out. And then, like, when she's regurgitating it, it comes out as one piece. So I think that's the science behind it. Um, I would be sneezing the shit out of it. Yeah. It's it's not, like, <laughs> it's, it's hard work. Like, these people really committed to the bit. But, um... Do you see any faces that you recognize within this ectoplasm? You're asking me, a face of blind person, mm-hmm. if they could recognize somebody? I don't know. Is that a man? Yeah. Guess who it is? Who the fuck is that? It's Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Oh. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. I'm like, oh my god. She literally has Sir Arthur Conan Doyle on her, on her ectoplasm. That's insane! <laughs> I love it! I'm like, oh my god, that's crazy. I love, I love that. Oh. 
<laughs> it just made me laugh so hard because I was like, what? Mary? I thought it was Churchill. That was, that was my guess. <laughs> Churchill doesn't have a mustache. You're, you're asking me, <laughs> these blind person. <laughs> put them side by side now cause what yeah no they look exactly the same oh no oh that's hilarious give me this picture let me see uh huh uh huh uh, do it again okay so I'll give you the mustache also like Winston Churchill is a big guy oh Sir Arthur Conan Doyle is not. I mean, I wasn't even looking at that. <laughs> I'm like sitting here like... Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, he's got like a little bit of whimsy in that face. And then Churchill's like... <sighs> <laughs> he looks like, get the picture taken already. I'm coming out of here. <laughs> and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle is like, have you got my good side? How about the other... <laughs> That's the same side, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. <laughs> I only have one good side. Churchill's like, I got no good sides. Shut up and take the picture. Get me out of here. <laughs> That's not how he talked. He was very, like, proper. I, anyway. I can't remember for the life of me. Oh, gosh. Um, anyway, um, the interesting thing about Thomas Glendening Hamilton is that because his process was so specific that some people believe that he himself staged the fraud. I mean, it's, I, I don't see it personally. I think that he really was just like, maybe he was very meticulous. Okay. But also like, I mean, his son died. So like, it kind of like their family said, like after his death, like, her their parents like that was their life was trying to find proof that you know they could communicate with their son from the beyond oh which you it know hurts me in my heart it yeah it's it's pretty sad and i i would hope that he wasn't you know akin to all the other hoaxers out there so i'm hoping that he's not but there's really no way for us to prove it one way or another i guess yeah, people believe that some people believe that he uh is the one who did it, which I don't it just doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, why? Why would I mean, aside from the acclaim, I guess, of that, but I, I don't feel like it was that it's much. It's just acclaim. like the intensity of like grief and trauma. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's uh that's Thomas. Um let's see. What else we got? Oh, that's a picture of Houdini and Lincoln, and that's him showing how spirit photography can be done. He's like, look, I'm sitting here showing a book to Abraham Lincoln, whom I've never met. <laughs> oh, the last one I was going to talk about was Helen Duncan, because that one kind of actually made me sad. So this one's kind of a bummer. Okay. Um, Helen Duncan, she was from Scotland. Uh-huh. And she was a medium. Uh, these are... The photographs taken of her, they were shot by Harvey Met Metcalf Metcalf, Met- Metcalf uh, during a 1928 seance, revealing Duncan with dolls. So another thing that ectoplasm was a part of was that they would have these guides guiding them through like the spirit realms. Well, when it's really dark, 
these claws, you know, you can't really see them. And then they can kind of contact the spirits through this. And basically, they would just connect with uh, the claws and do like, uh, kind of like tugs and, and moving of things around it. Uh, but you couldn't see it in the dark. Uh-huh. So you just were like, oh, something's moving, something's wrestling, something's happening. And then, you know, ectoplasm would appear. And it was supposedly coming from the dolls when really it was just coming from them. Okay. So, but the the sad thing about her, her case was that she was investigated by uh, Harry Price, who took the sample uh, ectoplasm that uh-huh. someone gave him. And uh, when he investigated it, he, he was actually, like, originally, like, oh, wow, like, ectoplasm. And then when he examined it, it uh, discovered it to be made from egg white mixed with chemicals. Um, oh. Yeah. So th- that's a thing about cheesecloth is that, you know, you mix egg whites and cloth or, like, even toilet paper. And that kind of makes this goopy, disgusting. It's like paper mache slash like yeah it's kind of it's it's i dislike this immensely yeah everyone has said like everyone who has felt ectoplasm is like this is gross (laughs) (laughs) like sir arthur conan doyle picked it up and he went ew (laughs) (laughs) that's nasty that's disgusting (laughs) i mean for a guy who wrote like sherlock holmes like i don't He's like, oh no, that's icky. <laughs> it's icky. He's like, oh, that, it's like a viscous material that cannot be described in, the, in any uh, human capacity. There's no way that mankind could replicate it. Uh, it's yeah. icky. Mankind definitely replicated you it. You paid him, you kind made it, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he paid Duncan to perform a number of test seances. And um, he suspected that she was swallowing cheesecloth uh-huh. and then regurgitating it. So he wanted to have her do a uh, X-ray, uh-huh. an X-ray, so that he could see. And when he brought the X-ray out, she freaked out. She jumped up and she like started screaming, and she like ran out of the room. Oh, she didn't want anything to do with it. And her husband, he's, like, trying to calm her down. And then Harry Price, the he, he described the scene in that, like, people, like, the crowd started forming outside. Oh, no. Because she was hysterical. And, like, the police were coming and the hospital was coming. Like, oh, no. It, but he, he was a real dick about it because at the end, he said, it proved to be paper soaked in white of egg and folded into a flattened tube. Could anything be more infantile than a group of grown-up men wasting time, money, and energy on the antics of a fat female crook? And I was like, wow, you didn't have to be that much of a dick. Wow. So I think that, like, most of the time, like, these psychics were women. Mm-hmm. So it always kind of felt to me, I and I don't know, because I feel like they didn't have men coming to them all the time. There's probably other women coming to them, but I feel like it was a way for them to kind of 
find some sort of, I don't know, something to get some sort of equal footing. But it was, it was still sad. She's um, best known to be the last person to be imprisoned under the Witchcraft Act of 1735. Are you fucking kidding me? Mm-hmm. What year was this? Uh, that she was, was 1933. She... In a seance on January 6th of 1933 in Edinburgh, it is alleged that the spirit of a little girl called Peggy emerged in the seance room. Peggy, by the way, is her spirit guide. Okay. So she uses her frequently. Um, a sitter named Essen Mao grabbed her and the lights were turned on and the spirit was revealed to be made of a stockinette undervest, which is her dolls. Okay. The police were called and Duncan was prosecuted and fined 10 pounds. The undervest was used as evidence, which led to Duncan's conviction of fraudulent mediumship at the Edinburgh St- uh, Sheriff Court trial on May 11, 1933. Okay, so it, it kind of sounds like they were just reaching for anything to get some kind of conviction. And they're like, she's a witch. We haven't repealed that act. Uh, the spiritualist journal Light endorsed the court decision that Duncan was fraudulent and supported Price's investigation that revealed her ectoplasm was cheesecloth. Duncan's husband was also suspected of acting as her accomplice by hiding her fake ectoplasm. So, yeah, I, it doesn't, I'm not seeing anything about how long she was there, but she was the last people convicted under the act. She was, oh, she was sentenced to nine months imprisonment. When convicted, she cried out, I have done nothing. Is there a God? Is there? <laughs> Is there? Um, yeah, after she was released, she promised to stop, but was arrested during another one in 1956. So, I mean, it's just kind of... Um, There's just a certain kind of, like, desperation. Yeah. Like, clinging to it. Like, I think she needed this. <laughs> yeah, like, it It seems for some people that the act of the hoax is to, like, really, like, just get fame and fortune and all of that. And for some people, for some of these hoaxers, it just seemed like it was a way for them to make money because, you know, they, they couldn't It's just what way. they did. Yeah. And I mean, it's... <laughs> It's a weird way to make money, and um, it's it's like I don't know. I, sometimes you just feel bad for them. <laughs> like, yeah, it's kind of sad that you know it. It's kind of a weird art form, but uh, now you could kind of just put it under uh, performance art. Yeah, yeah, it's a type of performance art for sure. Um, anyone, if if you encounter a psychic who does have ectoplasm leaking out of them. Um, request a sample <laughs> and send it to your uh, doctor. I don't know. <laughs> Who the fuck am I going to be asking? Hey, can you test this real quick? Who the fuck are you? <laughs> what the fuck is this? What is this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Could be ectoplasm. Um, okay. Would you like to be the scientist that discovers ectoplasm? Get out of my office, please. You're missing out, man. You're missing out. <laughs> this is the first sample all right so that is my uh full thing on ectoplasm there you go it's wild jeez man there's a whole lot of shit and and the, the psychic mafia 
I still cannot fucking believe. I believe in them. Of all the things that I... I, I believe in the psychic uh, mafia the more than I believe in a psychic ability. Yeah. Like, oh my god. That doesn't surprise me. They'll make a mafia out of anything. They'll kill you over shit. I... Yeah. How dare you reveal my cheesecloth trick. My favorite is spirit fuck. sex. We're gonna have a Did whole I episode... Didn't... I didn't even mention the guy who used to hide ectoplasm in his bum. Yeah. So some would hide it in their poos-poos and others would hide it in the bum. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> well, do you want to stop? Like, we can do, like, the quick and dirty of the hodag. You want to do the quick and dirty of the hodag, don't you? There's really not much to the hodag. All right, hit me with the hodag. <laughs> Rhinelander, Wisconsin. The year is 1893. The hodag has been caught and captured and is no longer hunting the woods of Rhinelander, Wisconsin. Uh, the hodag is a creature said to be born from the ashes of cremated oxen as the in- Carnation of the accumulation of abuse the animals had suffered at the hands of their masters. You know what? I would be really fucking worried if that happened because you remember that place we passed when we were driving through Texas and it was like hell that chased oh, after us. Yeah. That's the real hodag. That's the real. The hodag was the the fucking cow farm along the way. Yeah. It is, uh, the hodag is a large bullhorned carnivore with a row of thick curved spines drawn down its back. And it is terrifying. Um, basically, the is it, hodag. Is it paper mache. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> it, it's a, it's a prank. It, it was done, and I love that the, the Wikipedia article calls him a prankster because he really was that. <laughs> Mr. Eugene Shepard. He was with the boys out in, uh, Rhineland, Wisconsin, doing his thing, and he's like, hey, let's take a picture with this crazy motherfucker. And it's just this weird looking thing that I don't know how it came into existence, how he built it or anything, if someone else built it. Um, Articles claimed the hodag had the head of a frog, the grinning face of a giant elephant, thick, short legs set off by huge claws, the back of a dinosaur, and a long tail with spears at the end. Okay. So they gathered up a group. And they went and captured it, and they reported back that they had to use dynamite to get this bitch. <laughs> They're like, it was crazy! We had to go out into the woods, all like 50 of us, and we ran out there and we used our dynamite and we finally got the guy. And here's his charred remains. <laughs> and They're like, wow, that's crazy! <laughs> I love this! Yeah, so he's like, uh... A photograph of the remains of the charred beast was released to the media. It was the fiercest, strangest, most frightening monster ever to set razor-sharp claws on the earth. It became extinct after its main food source, all white bulldogs, <laughs> became scarce in the area. Bro, this is this is what we were talking about earlier, about the difference between pranks and hoaxes. Because this shit... 
It's so zany. It's, it's they were like, it's a joke, everybody, without actually even saying it. Like, holy fuck! And he uh, he he brought it. He displayed his hodag at the first Oneida County Fair, and thousands of people came to see it. And you know, people went and told their story to everyone. And as the story spread, it became more and more obvious that, hey, this is a joke. <laughs> this is fake. Um, they actually had a small group of scientists from the Smithsonian Institution in Washington, D.C. came out to inspect the discovery. And Shepard was like, yeah, no, guys, <laughs> this is fake. He's like, this is a joke. And now the hodag is actually a symbol for their community. And it's like, uh, he he's a big deal there. And he's, uh, you know. That's adorable. He's got his own, like, fan club. <gasps> you can join them at hodagfanclub.com. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, it's really cute. They're, They're like, <laughs> we don't have anything else. Yeah. Please comfort the big, the big prank that accidentally made us a lot of money. Yeah. And, I mean, the, the story, they are, like, totally invested in the fact that the hodag used to haunt their, uh, their woods. Um, but they're like, but also, it's a prank. So, <laughs> don't even worry about it. But it's very cute. Oh, that is so cute. The little moving, digging hodag yeah. on the website. Yeah, I'll, I'll link this in the show notes. Um, cause this is really cute. Their website is awesome. Just let him go. It's, oh my gosh. It's perfect for kids. So, perfect for kids, perfect for family, and fun. It's... I'm heading up to Wisconsin. Yeah. So, um... We're gonna go see the hodag. <laughs> yeah, I think we should make a trip. That would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. We, we go to Point Pleasant next year. Year after that, we're going to Rhinelander, Wisconsin. <laughs> Hell yeah! What else is in Wisconsin, aside from the hodag? Cheese! I'm lactose intolerant. We'll find other cheese. I'll eat cheese anyway, but, you know, the, the point stands. Um, cows. You know, I do like cows, unless they're in Texas. Unless they're in Texas. Oh, okay. <laughs> Cow farm in West Texas, you know who you are. We hate you. And we hope they shut you down, because what you're doing is a sin. Thanks so much for joining us for A Bad Neighborhood. We hope you enjoyed the hoax episode. This was a lot of fun. It was. We had a lot of fun. We did have one subject that we didn't quite get to, but you know what? I'm just going to put it on the back burner for another day. Yeah, we can do a hoax revisited and do some more. Yeah, we, yeah, we can do a whole lot of fucking Listen. hoaxes. There's a lot of hoaxes that psychics used to perform more than ectoplasm, so... You know I'm gonna be digging into that. I gotta hear about spirit sex. I hear about spirit sex. You you like just listed off as one of the many. (sighs) Yeah, I mean, when I got to that part in the snippet on the book, I was like, I gotta buy this book. (laughs) It's fifty dollars on Amazon, but I got it. (laughs) Fuck, man. I gotta see if it's at the library or something. Yeah. Damn. Oh my gosh. But now for realsies. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening, 